Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Mina Adnani. Mina is a self-empowerment and business coach for women, an international speaker, and a former lawyer. She is a qualified solicitor in England and Wales and an attorney in New York. She has held several executive roles in a number of international publicly listed companies in Singapore, London, and Indonesia, overseeing business development, sales, and marketing. Mina's amazing story about losing all of her wealth in 2016 when her bank account went to zero to hitting her first seven figures in two years is beyond inspiring. Since then, she has invested in multiple properties and created an impressive stream of passive income. She now teaches women how to build their self-worth and their net worth because this is the legacy she wants to create. Mina is the first educated woman in her family and the first self-made millionaire. So this is a really inspiring story. I am so pleased to have Mina with me on the show. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit more about this. There were so many commas in there. You've been around so much. You have this great aura and presence around you. I want to pick this apart a little bit. Mina, tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. You're so nice. Well, uh, I don't know where to start because as you have seen and you've read, my story is pretty long. So let me just start with my background. I am Indian, but I was born and raised in Indonesia, and my parents have eight kids. I am one of the eight kids. I'm the fourth fourth girl. We're seven girls and one boy. So as you can imagine, in an Indian household, we have seven girls, one boy. My family was pretty traditional. I wasn't allowed to get an education, but ever since I was a child, I somehow had the intuition that I did not want to live the life other women had lived before me. And I could see the example before my eyes. I could see my aunts. I could see my mom. And somehow as a child, I knew that if I wanted to escape the societal pressure of the life I need to live as a woman, I needed to create financial independence. And that's exactly how I have lived my life, focusing on how I could become financially independent so that I could create the life that I want instead of living the life that everyone thinks I should live. One of the cool things about doing that is realizing that you probably weren't able to do it where you were living, right? Like you said, you grew up in Indonesia, right? And this is a place where, yes, there, you know, there are a lot of opportunities, but I would qualify them. You know, I've lived in a number of different countries as well. So I wouldn't call any of these countries, you know, lack of opportunity. They're just wholesomely different, 
right? So you just have a different set of characteristics, a different set of obstacles that you need to overcome. And ultimately what happens is that you come to the point where it's like, you know something, I can't do it from here. So I need to branch out. I need to branch out, you know, and do it from somewhere else. How did you come to that realization that, you know, something I won't be able to do it, uh, you know, where I'm at right now, but you know, my dream is to go to some other big city like London or Singapore and take my claim there so that I can ultimately come back, you know, as a much yeah. fresher and more potent power back home. How does that work? Uh, when I was growing up at that time, we didn't really have a lot of good universities where I lived. That's one. And second thing is all the universities were teaching everything in Bahasa Indonesia, the local language. And so I knew that if I continued to stay in my country, my future would be very limited. I would have to be living in my country in order for me to become successful. Also, the important thing to remember is because I was the first person who got educated, there was a little bit of fear, I guess, behind that because I didn't want to continue studying where I lived because at any point, if my parents or my my dad decided that, oh, no, she's too educated and it's too much, he would just pull the plug and let me, you know, come back home. That's not what I wanted. And that's why I thought if I could just study overseas where I could actually spread my wings, learn also about other cultures, because when you live in at home, you live a very sheltered life and everything is taken care of you. And I wanted to go out, experience the world. It wasn't just the education that I got, but also the freedom and learning to become self-sustainable, I should say. One of the interesting things in my experience was when I had the opportunity to live and work in Mexico City, right? And what happened was I was basically plucked out of this really boring job I was doing at the time. I barely spoke Spanish. I didn't even lie in the interview. Like I had a good 150 words that I could, you know, drop, you know, to make it sound like I was kind of a funny guy, right? But that was enough for them. And they were just like, yeah, come on, you know, all of a sudden here's a plane ticket, right? And one of the things that that I assumed that my first job was to be was to just assume that everyone who I was working were the same types, you know, same type of maturity, you know, same type of professionalism, you know, the same type of education of what I was used to working in an American office. That didn't happen. (laughs) Like basically what happened was I realized that when I was in a position where I would tell people like, okay, I came here to do a job. Like my job was to, you know, sort of be the tech support guy, this really big company and help organize things. Right. And what happened was, even though I didn't even have a university degree at the time, I was managing people with a university degree and they were all looking up to me like el ingeniero, you know, the engineer. Right. Because I did know more about computers at the time. Right. I literally could work circles around all of these guys, but they all had the the title. They had the, you know, the uh, they had the education around them. And one of the things that took me a really long time to grasp was this idea of this the victimhood mentality. Right. Where it was like, well, we're in Mexico. I'm Mexican. So therefore, I am inferior to this new guy that came in. And did that. And it was such a foreign concept to me. Right. It was something where I was like, why are they looking at me like that? You know, like I could feel it. I could I could feel that they were putting me up on this pedestal and I would look at them like you guys are obviously very knowledgeable and you took the time and you took a completely different route of everything that I did. And yet they were still making themselves subservient to me. And a lot of that had to be culture. A lot of that had to be because, you know, someone thought enough to ship the American guy in the gringo and therefore you got to listen to him. But at the same time, 
overcoming that mentality and navigating those minefields for me was a huge, was a huge growing lesson yeah. in my trajectory. One of the things I want to ask, at what point did you sort of shed that, this is where I'm from cape and then put on, you know, like this, you know, this other cape that's really going to, you know, help you leapfrog. That's really going to help you, you know, jump forward to the exclusion of all that BS that you've heard in the past. Being a woman, yeah. being in Indonesia, being from a country that doesn't have as many opportunities, say, as England or the U.S. What was that like? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something I'm very passionate about as well, talking about how to develop a mindset where you realize that you are not product of your environment, but you can create the environment that you want. For me, like I said, growing up, the opportunities were not there. But I think I was very clear since I was a child I knew the difference between being given the opportunity to live the life that I didn't want versus the life that I wanted. That wasn't an opportunity, but more something I had to create. And I think another very important thing to address, which a lot of people don't are not conscious of, the link between action and consequence. Many times we take an action that leads to the consequence that we do not want. So giving a, a very simple example, right? Let's say a person says, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds or 30 pounds, but you don't change your lifestyle. You don't go to the gym. You eat the same thing you do. You know very well, continuing to live and cultivate those habits and taking those actions is not going to lead you to the consequence that you want. I think somehow, I'm not so sure why, as adults, we seem to have a disconnect between our actions and the consequences. Whereas in my case, I was very aware of the fact that whatever actions I take today is going to be towards the life I live in the future. And so I had to really ask myself, is this the life that I want? The life that I see so all the other women around me living? I knew very well it wasn't for me. I knew very well that I wasn't created to come to this world to only be subservient to my dad until I was 17 and then to be subservient to my husband until I die and then I didn't have a purpose in life. I didn't think that was the case. And that's why I had to really come up with this, this thought process and say, what must I do to create the life that I want? So going back to, you know, the point that you were making about becoming a victim or a creator, I think this is a question every single person should be asking themselves every single day. I ask myself that question even today. If some things don't work in my business and, you know, let's say I'm just hiring somebody and somehow things don't work out in the hiring process and it kind of slows me down, I remind myself that, you know what, for as long as I continue to believe that this circumstance is beyond me, I will continue staying in that victim mentality. Whereas if I know I have bigger goals, I need to focus on those goals, which means that everything else that come along the way is just an obstacle that I can overcome versus something that's just going to prevent me from being able to achieve something that I want. And I think that's a very, very important mindset that, every single person needs to have, whether you're working in a company or whether you're an entrepreneur. I love that message. Thank you so much for sharing that. But I want to dig a little bit deeper here. Sure. How do you make this happen? Right? Someone comes to you, right? And you can tell, like, you can see the potential. You can see they have the means. You can see they have the fire, right? What practical tips 
do you give women when they come into your program and they, uh, you know, they come into your world? How do you help them? What kind of tools do you arm them with? And what is the result of, you know, once they have those tools in their hand, how have you seen them flourish? So I have many, many different stories and it really depends on what exactly they are struggling with. I know that in a lot of cases, women talked about struggling with their sense of self-worth, but the root cause of the sense of self-worth differs from one person to another. So for example, I'll give you a story of one of my clients who I worked with, who was a very, very successful banker, worked in a bank for eight years, did incredibly well, but suddenly hit a brick wall and felt I don't want to be working for the bank anymore. She started struggling and she was having anxiety so much so that she just could not go to work. And her boss liked her so much. Her boss decided that he was going to allow her to take, and I think it was two or three months paid leave and even asked her to go and see a therapist and paid for the therapist. But I think after consulting a therapist for about two months and not having results, she went to a party of one of her ex-colleagues and the ex-colleague's wife was my client. So they started talking and then my client told her, you absolutely have to get on a call with me now. It doesn't hurt. So I had one call with her and it was just a call to understand what her background was, what she was struggling with. And at the end of the call, she basically broke down in tears and said, I've had more breakthrough in this one call than I've had two months working with a therapist. How do I start? And working with her, the trauma, she basically carried a lot of lack of self-worth because of abandonment when she was a child. When she was a child, she was abandoned by her mother. And so she continued believing that she was still So her subconscious body, her body continued to every now and then play the story that she was still in a place where she was abandoned. And that's why every now and then the anxiety would come back. Working with her required different tools compared to working with other people because other people had different stories. With her, it was really getting her to close the gap in her mind between her current situation and what is happening in her mind. And at the same time, getting her to understand that she no longer is that five-year-old girl, that she continues to play in her mind. Once that shifted, it was really incredible, Jeff. She never used to be able to shower without having music on. She never used to be able to sleep at night without having um, the lights on. She would no longer needed the music when she showered. She no longer needed the lights on when she went to sleep. And within about two to three months, I helped to set up her own business from home. And that was when she realized that was a calling. She no longer wanted to go back to corporate. She wanted to start her own business. So I helped her develop her idea, create a personal brand. And you see, none of that would have happened had she continued being in a place where she was stuck And had she continued being in a place where she felt like, I don't have any other help, I don't have any other hope. So, yeah, the tools really varies from person to person. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I think it's really interesting how works for somebody, you know, may or may not resonate with the other. And, you know, part of it is timing. The other part is, you know, really being able to touch, you know, to really touch that nerve deep in order to make sure that it happens, you know, because they really need to be ready to listen. And be ready to shed that victimhood and be able to shed that whole idea of I can't do this to I can do this, right? Yeah. One more thing to add there, Jeff. I think a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people 
start their business. And then the thing that they struggle with most is sales, right? Sales. And every time they try to either launch a program or go out there to promote themselves, they present themselves in a way where they are constantly feeling like a victim, constantly feeling like there are no opportunities. And I think they're not aware of the negative self-talk. All they focus on is why are there not enough clients? Why do the clients not want to pay me? Most of the clients can't afford it. So they constantly assume that the problem is exists in the outside world. What they don't realize is the problem exists in a dialogue. And I constantly work with clients and tell them, when you build a personal brand, it's not an overnight process. You don't go to the gym one day and look at the mirror and be disappointed to yourself and say, why did I not lose 30, 30 pounds, right? It doesn't work like that. The first day at the gym is just that. It's the first day. It's the same thing with building a personal brand. It takes time. But if you're already starting out feeling very anxious, feeling like, oh, nobody wants to pay me. Nobody likes me. Why is this not working? Why is that not working? Why is this happening? All that will happen is, is you're depleting your energy, your client can sense that scarcity, and ultimately it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it is still coming from a place of victimhood because you think that the problem is everything else on the outside without taking responsibility and saying, what are the things I can do without being attached to the outcome and continuously hone in on my craft, be really good at what I do, because ultimately if you're good at what you do, people are willing to pay you. That's the God's honest truth. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Mina, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you and what you do and get in touch with you directly? Well, you can contact me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, my name is Mina Nani, the Empowered Woman, or uh, on my website, which is strongandshine.com. There is a contact page, so you can definitely send me an email. I have also some free resources, so feel free to download the free resources there as well. Amazing. Mina, thank you so much for joining me today. You've been such an inspiration. Thank you. I really love talking about this stuff, and I really appreciate the work you're doing in this space. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Jeff. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.